Well, good morning. Good morning again. God bless you all. Thank you very much for uh, the invitations. Thank you very much for the opportunity to be here. It is an honor and a privilege to be with you this morning. And I pray, and I've been praying that the Lord would take his word and pierce our hearts in a way that the, we would keep the main thing the main thing in our Christian walk and our Christian lives. It is easy for us to forget the main things. And in, in the passage of Scripture that we're going to be in, Paul wants to make sure that Timothy has the main thing clear and we will dwell into the passage and uh, try to squeeze the juice out of it and see what God has for us this morning that we would go out of here uh, being better Christians, more committed Christians, Christians that will keep the main thing the main thing. Um, I was born in, in Cuba in 1959. That was when Castro took over the country. And uh, my dad had a shoe factory that he had started. Uh, he had hired a shoemaker, and uh, the shoemaker would make shoes in the backyard, and he would go out and sell the shoes, my dad. Uh, and that was in 1944. And by 1959, he had a shoe factory with 120 employees. And communism came, and uh, they took over my dad's business. Um, and then we stayed uh, in Cuba till 1971. Uh, my dad left first in 1961, and then my mom and I uh, were left in Cuba till 1971. In 1971, my mom and I got out. And you know, images uh, leave an impact in, in one's mind. And one of the images that left a impact in my mind when I was a young boy arriving from Cuba was watching Billy Graham preach on television. And you know, I had been a royal ambassador as a kid in my town in Cuba, uh, Americans had come before 1959 and started a church in my town, and I was a royal ambassador there. So Billy Graham was a hero of ours, and just to come here and being able to see him on TV, uh, that, was, that was a great image that I had uh, in my mind, and, and it really left a great impression in my mind, there was another image that left a impression on my mind at the time. And it was the image of the changing of the guard at Arlington Cemetery. Since I was a little boy in Miami growing up, I wanted to come to Washington, D.C. 
and be able to see the changing of the guard. And finally, one day, we had the opportunity to come and see the changing of the guard. And that was the thrill of a lifetime, just to see that. I knew that these guys were committed. I knew that they were, uh, they had surrender. I knew that these guys uh, did it for the love of their country. And one thing in particular that I saw there uh, caught my attention. You know, when they, when they pace, the 21 paces that they pace, um, which is the, the symbolizing the 21 gun salute, uh, which is the highest honor for um, service folks. Uh, you know, I saw them page, pacing, and, and the guard was going to change from guard, one guard to the other. And, and then the guard that was leaving, he would secretly say something to the other guard, and it really caught my attention. I, I started to research and trying to see what this one guard was saying to the other. And I, I really talked to military folks, and some of them didn't know quite right. But I came across a man who says, I know exactly what one says to the other. And I said, so what is that? And he says, he tells the other guy, the guy coming in, that the orders have not changed. The mandate is still the same. And my brothers and sisters, what we're going to see in the Word today is precisely that. The mandate is still the same. The orders have not changed. And we're going to see that. And Paul, by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, expresses it in a wonderful way in three verses. Now, some of you might be military folks. I don't know if that guy told me the truth or not. But whether it is the truth or not, I love what he told me, that this guard tells the other one. And so take that with a grain of salt. I, I don't exactly know. Some of you that have been in the military might know better than that guy. But I took that at heart. And I have embraced that. And I've connected that to the Word of God. And I've connected that to the passage that brings us this morning. Um, and I, I, I want to read it again, and I'll pray, and then we'll go into it uh, as deep as we can go into it. Uh, here's what Paul says again, 2 Timothy 2, 8 to 10. Remember Jesus Christ risen from the dead, the offspring of David, as preached in my gospel, for which I am suffering bound with chains as a criminal, but the word of God is not bound. Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they may also obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Father, I pray, I pray that as we uh, go into your word, 
that you would work in our hearts and in our mind that we would be able to leave today keeping the main things the main things being more committed to the main things living more committed to the main things and father i pray that uh, pocosan which is a church that loves you which is a church that proclaims the gospel which is a church that teaches the word that will be more passionate for the main things more passionate for jesus christ more passionate for your word more passionate for the great commission and father just help us all i know that i have nothing to bring i just bring your word i'm your proclaimer and you have to do the work in our hearts and in our mind and father i trust your word when you speak we should be silent we should take it at heart we should apply it in our lives and thank you lord for the opportunity to once again be in front of my brothers and sisters and be able to share your infallible inerrant sufficient authoritative word father what a privilege to have your word in front of us today i praise you glorify your name in jesus name amen so paul is coming to the end of his ministry paul has been in ministry over 30 years or more and now he's coming to the end and paul is writing to timothy he wants to make sure that timothy has good solid grounds to stand on and to move on as he does the ministry paul wants to make sure that we too stand on solid ground paul wants to make sure uh, because it's not the words of paul is the inspired word of god It's god's word that we are looking at and god wants to make sure that we as a church body as the body of Christ move forward with keeping the main things the main things and um, in in first uh, Timothy Paul goes into the appropriate conduct of worship and gatherings and and he also talks about the qualifications for elders and he talks also he writes um the the proper church church order or discipline he writes about these things he wants to make sure that these things are there not only for timothy for churches you know timothy was the young pastor of the church of ephesus and he wants to make sure that things are, are done correctly in the second letter paul uh is in the brink of death and he his discourse is still the same wanting 
for Timothy to be um, a good minister of the gospel as he continues on. Now, the first thing I want you to see in verse 8 is that Paul is all about Jesus. Paul is telling or writing Timothy to keep the main thing the main thing. And this is what I want you to take today with you. Verse 8, remember Jesus Christ. Remember Jesus Christ. That word remember is not, it's not a remembrance uh, that I would have of the uh, time where I was at Arlington Cemetery. That's, that's not what Paul is saying here. What Paul is saying is, as you go, as you go and do the ministry, remember that Jesus Christ is with you. As you go uh, to be a minister of the Word of God in your local church, remember that Jesus Christ is with you. And Paul has that clear. And you and I need to have that clear because sometimes we forget that. We forget that Jesus Christ is walking right alongside of us as we go and make disciples. He said it in the Great Commission. Remember the Great Commission in Matthew 28, 18 to 20? He said, and I will be with you every day till the end of the days, I'll be with you. So we need to remember that as we go and do the ministry, Jesus Christ is walking right along with us. And who is this Jesus Christ? Jesus Christ, the Bible says, he is the prophet. If you, if you read uh, Hebrews 1, 2, he says that God has spoken through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, this Jesus Christ is the prophet. And you need to remember that. You don't need a human prophet. God has spoken through Jesus Christ. You need the words of Jesus Christ. If you're going to do the ministry, you need to do it alongside of Jesus Christ. You don't need somebody to come and tell you, I have a special revelation. God told me this, this, and that. And you know, when I've heard jokers like that who, who tell me that, I say, uh, really? He has told you that about me. Uh, I think you forget that he says I am his son too. Why doesn't he tell it to me? Why does he, he talk to me? So you need to remember that Jesus is our prophet. We don't need any special revelation from these guys that are going around here and there. We need Jesus. Remember Jesus. Jesus is also our priest. The Bible says in Hebrews 2.9 that he is our priest. He is the priest 
who offered himself as a sacrifice. We don't need any more sacrifice. We need Jesus. Paul tells Timothy, remember Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ is also the king. He is the king of kings. He is the one who abolished death according to 2 Timothy 1.10. That is what we need. We need Jesus. That is what Paul is stating to Timothy. Remember Jesus Christ. And this Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. The resurrection is important. If you're going to go out, be prepared to talk about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. This is Jesus Christ. The, the, the stone was rolled and Jesus came out. Praise God. Jesus is alive. Jesus is different than everybody else who claims to be a religious leader. Jesus is alive. Buddha is dead. Muhammad, dead. But Jesus Christ is our living God, raised from the dead. Remember that. Remember the resurrection. There is ample evidence in the, in the Scripture of Jesus' resurrection. Don't let nobody... And, and even historical evidence that Jesus rose from the dead. The historian Josephus, who was a Jew, he talked about this Jesus who rose from the dead. Don't let nobody confuse you. And Paul knew that Timothy would be facing people who did not believe in the resurrection. He knew that he would face the Sadducees. And we today face some Sadducees too. Be prepared to make a, an intelligent case for the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And then he says, the offspring of David. You know, a lot of folks talk about Shalom, shalom, shalom. You probably know who they are. But you cannot talk shalom, shalom, shalom and be at war with the Messiah. You can't be at war with Jesus Christ because Jesus Christ is the second person of the Trinity and he is our God. He is Emmanuel. This is our Jesus. So remember, you, you're going to face some folks that don't believe in the Messiah. Be ready. He is the offspring of David. He is the Messiah. And then Paul says, all of this, see how he rounds it up. The verse 8, all of this according to my gospel. He's got the components of the gospel there. In one simple verse, praise God, Jesus came 
as the Messiah. Jesus rose from the dead. This is our God. Keep that in mind. Keep the main thing, the main thing. I charge you, my brothers and sisters, live committed, committed to the main thing, committed to Jesus Christ. Let Jesus Christ be the one you turn to and be the one you point to. Be the one you point people to. Let that be our commitment as we leave here today. May Jesus Christ be the center of it all. And then Paul goes on with verse 9, and I, I love what he does in verse 9. He says, For which I am suffering. You know, there, there is a sect in Latin America that came out of Brazil that their uh, motto is stop suffering. I don't know what Bible they're reading. I don't know where they get that from. But Jesus says, for which I am suffering. I'm suffering for the gospel. Expect suffering. There is suffering in the Christian life. And we got to be prepared for it. We got to be ready for it. And if you're not grounded in the gospel, if you're not grounded in Jesus Christ, you're going to have trouble when suffering comes. Suffering will come to your life. But Jesus gave us an example of suffering. Jesus uh, is our perfect example of suffering. Be prepared. Suffering will come. Now, who are you trusting? Are you trusting Jesus? Are you trusting the Lord? I, I want to read a portion of Scripture just to give you an idea. Sometimes I, as a missionary, think that I am suffering for Christ. Really, big deal when I compare myself to Paul. Paul talks about his suffering in 2 Corinthians 11, 24 to 28. And I want you to go to that in your Bible, your hard copy, your electronic, whatever you have, your memory. Maybe you have it in your hard drive here in your brain. That's great. But, but let, me, let me read that so that it gives you a little perspective on the suffering of Paul. He says, verse 24, 2 Corinthians 11, he says, Five times I've received at the hands of the Jews the 40 lashes less one. So 30, 39 lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I was adrift at sea. And, and hear this. 
Look how many times he mentions, he mentions danger from now on. On frequent journeys in danger of rivers, then danger of robbers, danger from my own people, danger from Gentile, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers, in toil and hardship through many a sleepless night, in hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure. And apart from that, other things, there is the daily pressure on me, on my anxiety for all the churches. There is suffering. There will be suffering. We have another, another um, good um, illustration of suffering in Acts 5.41. You know, the, 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 the new Christians... They, uh, they, they found it a blessing to be suffering for Christ. And, 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 you, and I love what happens in verse 42. After the suffering, how did they react? You read verse 42, and, and my goodness, I say, even, even though I'm a missionary, that should be out sharing the gospel day in and day out. That's part of what we do. I don't, I don't feel in the shoes of these Christians, these early Christians. It says, in the temple and house to house, every day they were preaching Christ. And they were not Jehovah Witnesses. These, these were real, true Christians. Now, I mean, these, these were the real deal. Just ask yourself, my brother or sister, when was the last time you shared the gospel? Not every day. Not every day. Maybe once a week. Once a month. Once a year. When was the last time you shared the gospel? When was the last time you were suffering for the gospel? Not suffering like Paul, just sharing the gospel. Facing rejection. Facing the people who would say, oh my goodness, here comes that fanatic again. Talking about the same thing. Are you willing to endure that for the sake of Christ? Are you willing to share the gospel? And my brothers and sisters, we all fall short. We all don't share the gospel as much as we need to. You know, the, the Barna Group and Lifeway have done research about how often Christians share the gospel. And when you look at them, you say, oh, my goodness. Do we really have good news? Is the gospel good news? Do we understand that this good news needs to be shared? You know, the Americans went to the moon, right? Uh, they made it to the moon. 
but today, there are some, some folks in the planet that don't know Americans made it to the moon. Why? The news hasn't gotten there. Same thing with the gospel. The news is not there yet. And who needs to do that? You and I need to do that. With all our flaws, with all our problems, just share the gospel. The Holy Spirit will empower it when you share it. It is the power of God unto salvation, the Bible says. So be, be about sharing the gospel. And now in verse 9, it is a wonderful thing what Paul says. I, I am suffering, right? I am suffering. I am in jail. I am bound as a criminal. I am bound as a criminal. But here's the deal. The word of God is not bound. What Paul is saying, you can imprison the preacher. You can uh, put him in chains. You can do whatever you want. You could be under the sword of the Romans, but I have another sword, a sword that never gets dull. And this sword is the Word of God. Timothy, use it. Use the Word of God. The Word of God is inerrant. The Word of God is infallible. The Word of God is sufficient. The Word of God is what we need, is what the people need. You don't need fancy words. You need the Word of God. When you share the gospel, this is what the Bible says. This is what God has said. And, you know, the Holy Spirit takes that and does a wonderful thing. The Holy Spirit is the one who brings conviction of sin in the heart. I can't do that. The Holy Spirit does that. But it has to be accompanied by the Word of God. Use the Word of God. The, the Word of God is not bound. I love that phrase. You know, in the catacombs where Christians used to live underground in Rome, that, that was the inscription they found more regularly in the walls of the catacombs. The Word of God is not bound. The Word of God is not bound. Keep that in mind. That is the main thing. The Word of God is the main thing. Jesus Christ is the main thing. Keep the main things in mind as you go, my brothers and sisters. Now, Paul moves to verse 10, and he says, Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect. Endure. Endure. I mean, some of the military guys that might be here, uh, I, I think there's a, there's a training center that you go through. Not, not like we do, like we missionaries in Richmond. You know, there, there is a training center for missionaries, but it's nothing like the one in Georgia that you guys go through. I mean, I mean my goodness, they'll really break you there. And you come out, and you, and, and you 
you really have endured. You've endured a lot. But, you know, when, when you see these guys at the graduation, you say, oh, my goodness, praise God, they made it. They're ready. They're ready. They have endured. Paul says, I endure everything. The suffering, I don't care. The criticism, I don't care. I don't care. I've endured everything. And why? Why does he say that? For the sake of the elect. Now, elect is a, is a, is a good word. Paul talks about the doctrine of election. Paul believes in the doctrine of election. It's in the pages of the Bible. Paul has written about that, about election. But Paul is not just parked there. Paul knows that there's more to it than that. You know, the great preacher, Charles Spurgeon, he believed in the doctrine of election. He believed in what the Bible says about election. But one thing he said, says, I know the elect are there, but they don't have a sign here in their forehead, nor in their back, and I have to share the gospel. And I have to share the gospel. And that's what you need to do, and that's what I need to do. And, you know, sometimes, sometimes it might be that you've shared the gospel with somebody one time, and you haven't seen anything, and then, and then you give up. You give up. I would challenge you. I will exhort you to make a list of three to five people that you know, family members, neighbors, people you work with, people you study with, and start praying for them. Start praying for, for those people. Start praying for opportunities to share the gospel with those people. And don't only share once. You know, uh, salesmen, uh, if there's any salesmen here, I love their tenacity. They never give up on you. You know, especially in this country, every few minutes you get a phone call. Somebody's selling something. They never give up. They don't give up. And, and these, sometimes, they're not even Christians. They're worldly people. And, the, man, the, their tenacity, their perseverance is, they, they drive you crazy on that phone, you know, every few hours. You know, you get to a certain age like me, they're trying to sell you even the, the, the place where you're going to, they're going to bury you, you know. I, every few minutes I'm saying, hey, these people must know something I don't know, you know. <laughs> So all these kinds of things, and, and, and we have the gospel, and we, we don't even share it. We don't even, so start, start on your knees. Start chasing God on your knees. Paul said in uh, Romans 10 that he would pray for the Jews that they would come to Christ. Start praying and start uh, sharing the gospel when you have an opportunity. And don't give up one. Remember, remember the, the salesman who calls you. He doesn't give up. I mean, you have to, I don't know, I don't know what you guys do here, 
to get rid of a person like that, but the, you know they they keep coming back, man. They they don't they don't give up. So be be like that. Don't give up. You know they said no today. They didn't say no to you. They said no to the gospel. Come back and share it again and share it again and share it again. I don't know when is their time, but I'm not going to give up. I'm going to share it and share it and share it. There are people that are hard. My wife prayed 20 years for her parents to come to Christ. She never missed an opportunity to share the gospel with them. For 20 years, nothing happened. But one day, one day, the Holy Spirit took her words and they repented and they came to Christ. Praise God. 20 years. 20 years. Have you prayed for somebody 20 years? Have you prayed for your son-in-law? You know, I, I know some people, they don't even want to pray, pray for their son-in-law or their daughter-in-law. Have you prayed? Have you, have you prayed for your niece, your nephew? Have you prayed for your grandson, your son that could be? Uh, maybe you, you brought him up in a nice Christian home, and now he's doing his own thing. Don't stop praying. Keep praying. Paul says, I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they may also obtain the salvation that is in Jesus Christ and with that eternal glory. I don't know, some, some of you here are old enough that you remember a hymn. I love that hymn. It, it, it was translated to Spanish, and, uh, you know, I sang that, and, and every time, and, and every time it, it rings in my head, I love to tell the story. I love to tell the story of Jesus and his love. Tell the story. Tell the story about Jesus. Be passionate about telling the story of Jesus. Don't give up on nobody. God didn't give up on you. He didn't give up on me with all my flaws with all my issues. He didn't give up on me then, hasn't given up on me now. He's still with me. He's there with me. You know why? Because he wants me to be in eternal glory. He wants you to be in eternal glory. He wants people to be part of that great scene in Revelation 7, where there's people from every tribe, every tongue, every nation in front of the throne worshiping the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. He wants, he wants people there. I can't get them there. All I can do is share the gospel. Point them to the gospel. But I know 
he wants him there. And that is a great scene. That Can you imagine one day where you, when you're in the throne and let's say the throne is back there and you're back there maybe a mile away and you you're spot somebody that was very close to the throne but perhaps he did much better than you did and he's there and he's there you know that's that's the pauline mindset he wants timothy to be better than he was he wants timothy to carry on and move on keeping the main thing the main thing paul knows that this jesus christ that we believe saved sinners paul knows that you and i are amb ambassadors of christ matter of fact paul wrote uh second corinthians 5 20 you are an ambassador of christ you have been called to be the one to take the message to reconcile people to god you are the ones you don't have eloquent words you don't have that but you know you know what the word says you know what luke wrote in acts 4 12 and there is no salvation in no other name in heaven or under heaven given among men by which we could be saved my charge to you my brothers and sisters live committed to jesus live committed to the word know that there will be some suffering there live committed to the great commission live committed to the main things and you might say i'm already there well great keep being there and improve on it but if you're not there you know the the uh reformers had a uh a saying that they said uh we should live coram deo coram deo cora is the pupil of your eye that's what it means and deo means god so pupil to pupil with god live coram deo and then somebody has said that we should live in the presence of god under the authority of the word of god and for the glory of god is that the way you live is that what your life is about is that what we as christians are about living face to face with god every action every motion every thought every action you do is seen by god what is he seeing in you does he see that you keep the main thing the main thing is jesus christ the main thing is the word of god the main thing 
is the love for the elect that they may obtain the salvation that is in Jesus Christ. Is that part of your life? Is that in your DNA? If not, I wish I had a, an injection here to inject it in everybody. But I know the Holy Spirit is the injection. He's working in your heart. And if that's not a priority in your life, make it a priority. Make Jesus, the Word of God, and the Great Commission a priority in, in your life. It doesn't take a rock, rocket science. I'm not that smart. You know, but, but I, in those three verses that we, we've gone over, it's all there, it's there, it's what we need. It's right there. So, go out today with the mindset, these things are, three things are going to be the main thing in my life. And uh, get off the chair. Get off the chair and go out and proclaim Jesus Christ with people around you. Their eternal glory is at play. Are they going to spend eternity in hell or in heaven? We have the message. You have the message. You have the gospel. The gospel is not that difficult. Jesus came. Jesus died. Jesus rose again. And if you repent, he can save you. He saved me. If you repent and place your trust in him, your faith in him, he can do it. He did it for me. Let me pray, my brothers and sisters. Father, I pray that as we uh, leave today, we would be more committed, more surrendered to your word, more committed to the proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ, more committed to begin praying for the elect, whoever they may be and wherever they may be. I don't know who they are, but I know where they are. They are in all et ethnic groups throughout the world, and somebody needs to go. Somebody needs to take the gospel to them. And it might be your next-door neighbor. Take an opportunity to show the love of Christ to your neighbor, even if he rejects you at first, but you endure like Paul did. And Father, I pray if there's somebody here today that has not repented of their sins and trusted Jesus Christ for new birth, for salvation, for a new life in him, that they would be able to 
place their, their faith in Jesus Christ. Father, just do a work in their hearts and in, the, in their mind like you can only do. And that they would turn to you in repentance and faith. I pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen.